Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing podcast focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're a curse or a gift, from wind it up to adrift, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. He's a guy who I think is just fine. He's Evan. He was born on a pirate ship. It's my co-host. Saker. I didn't know what to do for this episode I because we're not actually. And I, I came a up song. with mine, but I didn't want to tell you because then you. I could, would have stolen it because it's you, one of always. one. Yeah. <laughs> he maybe he should drive. <laughs> it's my ghost. <laughs> I forgot what was my catchphrase. Yours was what a maroon. <laughs> what a maroon. That's right. We're gonna do the same thing every time. That would never get old. No. Um. Yeah. I, uh, we. I think we've come a long way. Hey, everybody. By the way. Welcome back. It's 2019 at this 2019. point, which is a scare ball to think about. And I, for one, feel great. I want to acknowledge the supremacy of our new overlords. I thank you all for your gifts, cured diseases, your chips, delicious chips, all sorts of chips in your head, in your mouth. In your eyes. We are recording this at the beginning of December, so you're just assuming that at this point we have been taken over by aliens sometime in the next month. Well, it's started now, because <laughs> I am, that is, and it will grow until then, and you will all be part of it. <laughs> Did you say, I am that is? I am that is. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, what is the name of that which is? Mm, you'll get it. Okay, very good, thank you. You will know. Okay. You will know, and they will be so benevolent. I'm happy with this. How did you become acquainted with uh, Tatanga? What? That's his name, right? Like, from... Is that the girlfriend from my, my so-called... No, that's Topanga. No, from my so-called Tatanga's life. the alien who kidnaps Princess Daisy in Super Mario Land for the Game Boy. Oh. I'm sorry. It was a totally different dumb reference <laughs> than I was thinking. He's shown up exactly once in a Mario game. So, what's Tatanga's, like, MO? Uh, he rides a spaceship around... Uh, he Tatanga's MO is great Everything and everyone Takes place in the Mushroom Kingdom mm-hmm. He goes to the next kingdom over And is like I'm gonna kidnap this princess <laughs> Nobody's gonna be the wiser But fucking Mario has to ruin his shit um, what, It's a different kingdom? What's a different kingdom? Sarasa Land Sriracha Land? Sarasa Land <laughs> okay. Which is a desert kingdom uh, That Princess Daisy rules That's why Daisy's so tan Because she lives in a desert Oh, well Come on, don't you know your Mario lore? Nope <laughs> You fool I know my bare naked ladies lore <laughs> Your bare naked lore I'm actually getting Now that you were talking about How far we've come I've gotten to the point Where I have like Cocktail party phenomenon For bare naked ladies songs Oh, really? <laughs> that delights me What is I was a- at a I was at a, ch- a Charter commission meeting yeah. And friend of the pod Brian Wolf Friend of the pod we were talking about disbursement of funds and we were talking about million dollars. Like if I had a million dollars, he said he was just like muttering it to himself over in the corner of the room, but like softly singing it. And then it was like someone had said my name at a party. Like it just like cut through the babble. I was talking to someone else about something else right. differently. And I just gave him like devil eyes and he just like looked at me and laughed. <laughs> I thought you meant like cocktail party, like interesting facts. Like somebody's talking about something oh, no. like, interesting fact. The Bernicked ladies did a song about uh, oh, Moroccan about where you can like hear your, where your name cuts through the babble of a cocktail. Sure, sure, Psychological sure. phenomenon. Sure, but you don't talk about them to strangers in... Did you know Chris Hardwick was going to be in the Shoebox video? But actually, he... Uh, oh, wait, he, he, he was. is in the Shit, Shoebox I forgot. video. It was... Uh, Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. Le, Matt the White, as we call him <laughs> in my household. Yes. Matthew the White. I, 
I always translate names into English. <laughs> Do you? I find out whatever they they mean in their native language, sure. and then I just have them be English. Jack of the Cross, because that's what they're trying to say anyway, yeah. right? <laughs> just speak English. What does uh, what does uh, Harker mean? I don't fucking know. Should I say your real last name? Should I cut that? Well, anyone who like does a Google search can find both your and my last names without problems. Can they? Because Saker is a thing. Saker is a canon. Saker is a falcon. So just because you search for Saker doesn't necessarily someone who mean... listens to this podcast. Yeah, here's you talking. Say, oh, I want to find out that guy. Right. What information do they have on me? Well, we're inviting people to do this now, and I'm not. You don't have to invite that. anyone. It's really easy. <laughs> they know your first name is Saker. Right. Right. They know we live in Columbus. They know what you, they know. Then they know what you look like because our pictures are on like the fucking thing. Sure. So they know my job. What they I do guess. is they like us on facebook yeah and then find the other person who liked us out of like the 42 people who liked us that looks like you and there you are buddy there's your last name guess what i put in three pieces of information and i found myself immediately oh i hate that yeah it's so easy oh this is dumb well don't start a fucking podcast if you want to remain anonymous man shit okay what are you trying to hide nothing 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 tra la la Tra la la. Speaking of tra la la, which is a thing you do when you sing, we have a biographer who biographizes a singer. That singers, a singers. That's correct. He's an author whose latest book, One Dumb Guy, chronicles the history of Canada's kids in the hall, and whose debut book, Public Stunts: Private Stories, focuses on our ladies themselves. A book I got you for Christmas. It's in my car. The man here is Paul Myers. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm speaking to you from more or less Berkeley, California, where I live. Oh, Berkeley. Explain this to me. Obviously, you've written one book about Bannocked Ladies and one about Kids in the Hall, originally from Canada or... Oh, yeah. Like, uh, the whole reason I wrote the Bannocked Ladies book is that I'm I'm from Toronto, and I was in the same Toronto Uh music scene, and uh, if you want the... If you want the detailed tour, I mean, basically, the young Bare Naked Ladies opened for my band, the Gravel Berries, and, and then oh. they brought out a huge crowd at the opening for us, and their crowd left. And so, <laughs> so, so they, we had this, like, at Sneaky D's, we had this opening set from this band, and there were hot shots, and I was really impressed that they incorporated rap and folk and yeah. comedy. and. Uh-huh. And Ed, Ed had like the real, you know, he had like a fade and a little goatee and they, they were super <laughs> hip and they seemed to know everything about music. Like they, like Steve and Ed both especially, but Jim also. Right. And they were just rambling on about everything. They knew LL Cool J. They knew, you know, they knew Heart, Easy e They knew yeah. all this stuff. But they also knew the Proclaimers and they knew, you know. Mm-hmm. So they impressed me as people. So we were like, hey, good friends. Good good to see you. Good luck in your career, guys. <laughs> and then the next time they called me and said, hey, you guys want to open for us? We're playing this place that's, you know, seats 300 people. <laughs> so they'd kind of passed us in the, in the line. But they were hustling the whole time and everyone loved them. Right. And uh, and then, you know, my friend Michael Voda produced their first album. And, you know, right. this, so then that's how, that's sort of basically we all were part of the same scene, cheering them on as they were passing everybody. That's basically, unbelievable. They, yeah. And, and I mean, so so you opened for them and they opened for you. But um, beyond that, did you have many like one on one personal interactions with them? Or was it just sort of like a professional ships passing? Oh, the night? well, the, so what happened is the way the Toronto music scene was at that point, it was like. You know, you'd see Tyler. Uh, Tyler would have a birthday party and invite me and a singer named Marin Cadell and Kurt Swinghammer, all the guys from the Toronto scene, and Michael Voyavoda. And, and it was just really, it was a scene. So we all saw each other at clubs and right. shows. Oh, cool. And I think I saw Math, a Matthew Sweet show, and I remember looking oh. over and seeing Steve, Stephen Page 
you know, Stephen Page was there, and I think a couple of us, and some of the actually one of the kids in the hall, and we all ended up sort of hanging out with. <laughs> wow. We started we started hanging out with uh, Matthew Sweet backstage somewhere, and I I remember thinking, oh yeah, there's da-, you know I knew kids in the hall. In fact, the kids in the hall and the Bare Naked Ladies are both bands that I kind of grew up with that I end up writing books about. So it's kind of funny mm-hmm. that we're all in the same room linked through this Matthew Sweet show and <laughs> various things. So that's the kind of scene it was. Right. So we we really did know. I mean, that's why Tyler called me when he did to say, you know, uh, you should, you should, you should be the one to write our story. So it was like, I kind of got nominated by being the guy in the scene who had become a writer. Yeah. Oh, that's super interesting. So they, they approached you about it. It wasn't the other way around. Oh yeah. No, I actually remember telling my wife. So I had moved to, to California in 1997. They called me probably 1998 and said, we have an album. They'd, so the last album I'd sort of known about them was the live one, the spec- right. Rock Spectac. And the, the old apartment had gotten played on MTV and some radio and, and, and you know, the live version. And sure. and I remember thinking, oh, great. There, some people know who they are down here. Because it was, it was hard in San Francisco. I didn't see a lot of people talking about the Bare Naked Ladies, but they'd been huge in Canada. And this was before Stunt. And so they called me and said, we're about to do this album we did with Susan Rogers. The Warners is going to put a big push on it. We're doing a showcase at um, for VH1, and I remember going down to the waterfront in San Francisco and seeing them. And I got on the bus, and I remember Tiffany Amber Thiessen and <laughs> Jason Priestley were in the bus, sure. and uh, yeah, and it was kind of a funny thing because we'd watched 90210, and it was kind of like, oh wow, you know those guys, and and then they said, yeah, you know, we're doing this album, and it's going to be cool, and then. They called me a little bit later in the next year or so, and they were just about to do stunt, and they were going to a Warner Brothers... Well, this is in the book. They were going to a Warner Brothers uh, record conference that were, you know, where they try to meet all the new bands, and they wanted me to attend this thing on Alcatraz Island, which is now a national park. Oh my and so God. They, had decked out the pri- they decked out the prison... With uh, and literally, they it's garish, actually kind of amoral, but they had all the cells... <laughs> in the prison had different members of different artists who were signed to Warner Brothers. Oh so they God. had they had Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks was in one of the cells and Chris <laughs> Isaac was in another one. Uh, someone so named sorry. Tina Arena, who was like big in Europe, was in one of the cells and the Bare Naked Ladies were in one of the cells. But I went over wow. with them on the on the ferry to, to Alcatraz and I remember them telling me, you know, we're thinking of doing this thing and would you like to write a bio? And I remember thinking Tyler was saying, he contacted me, and I, he said, come to, the, come to the Alcatraz thing. It'll be fun. And, and I want to talk to you about doing a bio. And I thought yeah. he wanted a two-page bio for, like, you know, right. record companies do that, right? They hire a journalist. Yeah. And he said, we're doing that. Like, we wanted to do our autobiography, but there's five of us. And they were kind of aware that five people are going to tell five different stories. Right. So they sort of said, they'd seen some articles I'd written about. I'd written for the Globe and Mail and, and Impact Magazine. And they, they knew I could write. And I was really honored. It was Tyler who really called me and then but brought me in. And I remember talking to the guys on Alcatraz and saying, what do you think? And we were going to talk about it and talk about if there's any money in it, you know, that sort of thing, if they were going to pay me. Right. And so it was kind of, it was really great because they kind of goaded me into becoming a writer, <laughs> like, I mean, a book, a book writer, That's you know, incredible. and, and yeah. yeah. And the- I remember, yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, sorry. Just like the bare naked ladies being your muse, and I mean, I assume they were talking to you through the bars of the cell, yeah, which is just, the only way this conversation would well, happen. Blown yeah. away by how insane the Alcatraz setup yeah. is. Like, what an insane yeah. thing to do. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's the, the other things they offered to pay me in cigarettes, which is unusual. But like, <laughs> I think they'd really gotten into the concept at that point. Right. 
So yeah, so it was pretty good. And then uh, I, I eventually helped them get off the island. We, you know, we, we had to dodge some sharks. <laughs> get off the but, rock. Um, but that's for another book. Right, right. So, but anyway, so so that's that's really how I ended up writing, and you know, and then at, it was amazing because at that point I started doing, you know, interviews and and phoners and stuff, and then and then I said, you know, I'm gonna have to spend some time with you guys to sort of really, you know, like you know, embed myself with. And right. they said, well, the stunt album's going through the roof at this point, and I think one week was already on the radio everywhere. Right. And like so much, and the video, the Mick G video was just like ubiquitous on VH1 and, and, MT, and MTV. And so they said, why don't you come out to the, why don't you come out to uh, the Warfield and talk to us? And that's in San Francisco. Okay. And, and we'd already signed and we were saying, how do we get this to happen? And I talked to Finn, the tour manager, Craig Finley. And I said, um, you know, like, if you guys can get me on the tour, like put me in a hotel or whatever, you know, I'll sleep where you guys are sleeping, whatever, you know, like the tour bus, whatever. Sure. And they said, oh, yeah, great. So I flew down to meet them a few days later at the Universal Amphitheater in Hollywood. And uh, that sort of began my embedding with them. And I was there for them for about a week and every day talking to them. And I went to Austin one week? and Dallas. And it was one week, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, it's been. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, in the book, the beginning of the book sort of opens with that whole thing about uh, meeting them on Alcatraz and then showing up at the Universal Amphitheater and a lot of weird convergences, by the way. Can yeah. I just say I'm on my way to join the tour, just like I mentioned the kids in the hall earlier. Well, I'm on my way to the to this to meet them in in Burbank, right. uh, where the Universal Amphitheater. So I flew to Burbank Airport, and I had known Todd Rundgren, the musician, for uh, you know on and off. I'd seen him on places. I go. I go to the airport to get my little flight from San Francisco to Burbank and who's in the waiting area, but Todd Rundgren wow. and he's, and he's getting on the plane. And I kid you not, when we get on the plane, we realize we're sitting in the same, like two seats. Oh my God. Like, and so I talked to him for the, it's a short flight to LA. It's like an hour, but I talked to him and then I go, well, I'm supposed to get a ride and get, um, get the receipt to the tour manager uh, I'm going to the Universal Amphitheater. It's only down here. And he goes, oh, well, why don't you come with us? So I came with his his ride, dropped me off at Universal Amphitheater. So, and I'm just going to stick in a cut to the chase. The <laughs> Two books later, I write the story of Todd Rundgren, and in, a, a, a Wizard of True Star, it's called. And that became my third book. But this is before I'd even done my first book. Right. And it's like... You know, when people are chain smoking, they light one cigarette off the end of the other. You know? <laughs> right. It was a little like that. And so it was really fascinating to me. My life has been full of weird accidents, you know, that... and that, that or just maybe a recognizing moments. I don't know what it is. But <laughs> so anyway, that's what got me. Let's get back to the Bare Naked Lays. That's what got me to the Universal Amphitheater. And then I was and of course, Kevin was sick. Chris Brown of the Bourbon Tabernacle right. Choir was the keyboard player for that tour because... At that point, I didn't know how sick Kevin was. Yeah, it was bad. Oh yeah, yeah, man, that's that is rough. So, did you not have a whole lot of interaction with Kevin on the the? Or you didn't have much interaction with him for the book, or? Oh, well, so what's interesting about that is again, fortuitously, Kevin had been in the Look People <laughs> before he was in the uh, uh, Bare Naked Ladies. He had been in James right. James B's band, and he had asked me to write a bio for one of his, like a four page bio for one of his uh, solo albums. And I so bizarre. And I had interviewed him extensively about being born with jaundice and all these things about his past. 
And so I knew a lot. I already had like pages of information about him. So, and then the rest was, uh, the rest was me asking other people like in the bare naked ladies and various other people that knew him to tell me, you know, what happened here and how he came in. And like, so yeah, a lot of the time, definitely I didn't get to do any new interviews for him, but, uh, but it worked out really well because also the book was about a lot of the years before he joined the band as well. So so sure, yeah, there sure. was definitely yeah. an issue about that and, you know, and it became part of the story obviously. And at one point, I wasn't sure if the book was going to get out because we didn't know how it was going to end. <laughs> yeah. Oh Thankfully, yeah. It ended, oh boy, it yeah. Ended much better than anyone could hope for in in, in oh, that yeah. respect, but um, you know, and that became part of the story. So so yeah, it yeah. was oh, incredible. That- that's interesting. Yeah, I, I and I love. I mean, I, I've I've been to Toronto, but not Canada as a Toronto. whole. Toronto, right. excuse me, you're right. Um, but like you, you, you definitely make it sound like it is a very small. So it was you, Kids in the Hall, and Vanicked Ladies at the same show together. Like yeah. I love the coincidences. This oh, yeah. bizarre. Are you writing your own autobiography uh, anytime soon? Is I guess that. the question it's I'm getting It's funny you should at. say that because I've <laughs> I've written four uh, heavily researched sort of first person i call them first person biographies not because they're about me but because in most cases i was there for the stories i'm writing about the todd rungren one was me interviewing a bunch of people who were there but i got i so i've gotten really i want to say this carefully i want to say i've gotten gotten really good at this but what i mean is i've gotten really comfortable (laughs) at this and adept at this so i know i know how to tell a story based on real life events now so i actually said to somebody recently i wrote some short uh, nonfiction about something that happened in my life to do with music. Now, because I'm not a famous musician, I always thought there's no way anyone wants to hear your memoir. But then I realized it's how you tell a story that matters. So one of the things I've been hoping to get, I want to get it sold before I do it because I want to spend, I, I want to get paid to, to write this, you know, because I don't want to. Sure. <laughs> um, but but I, I, I'm hoping to sell this idea of a story about music and how my life has been like all of those things. So there are some name dropping in it, but it's kind of mostly about how music's changed me. And it could be songs and bands I liked or people I've met through music, such as the Bare Naked Ladies or Todd Rundgren or, you know, or even the, the comedy part was why I ended up writing the Kids in the Hall book. The, it's called uh, One Dumb Guy. It just came out. And the reason I wrote that mm-hmm. is because there's a whole p- bunch of comedy things that have been involved in my life that I've never written about. Right. So I am gearing towards being the character in my own story. But can I say this? Because Bare Naked Ladies fans might be listening to this, and I hope they are, I want to apologize for having so much me in, in uh, Public Stunts Private Stories. <laughs> that, was con- that was a decision. The band said, you're our friend. We think it's cool that you're that you should be part of the story. So the fact that you, we hired you to, to do this book because you were one of our friends from the scene. So you should explain who you are to the audience and write a bit about you. I have, I have read the Amazon comments about me and I, I know, <laughs> I know. And by the way, I always tell people, if you ever want, if you ever start to think I'm getting like, if you ever feel like Paul Myers, he's cool, which no one ever does. But if you ever found yourself <laughs> thinking Paul Myers is cool, go read the Amazon comments for the, uh, kids in the, for the uh, bare naked ladies book it's uh it's very humbling and it's i, I recommend that kind of humility to anybody you know so, and then you know <laughs> that, I, did you did, I, I'll, I'll accept it you know <laughs> did you t- kind of take a step back in uh in the other books that you've written and and make yourself less of a, a presence felt or 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. now in the in the new book the kids in the hall book i actually write an introduction chapter because i wanted people to know that I lived through a lot of these stories. Like I was on the scene 
I, I right. was at the early club gigs of the kids in the hall. I was with them on the set of Brain Candy. I was at the TV show tapings. I was a, many of them. Like, and so people need to know that I didn't just come to this. And it's an insider story. I'm not an impartial journalist. I don't pretend. So I thought a, a right. full disclosure should be these guys have become friends of mine. But I want you to know why I think they should be considered a great comedy troupe. Similar to the kids in the, the Bare Naked Ladies story is I... I am not going to be impartial. I'm a friend of theirs. I was a huge fan of their, like mm -hmm. in that scene, I was a big part of that. And, but I wanted to convey it in a journalistic way, what made them special. They're trying to tell you the story, you know? So that's, that, right. so right. there is a journalistic, th I didn't go to journalism school. I just, I literally, it's as hacky as it sounds. I literally knew how <laughs> to write bet by doing it and by wanting to tell sure. stories. And also by having a passion for it. Like, I really love telling people stuff. You know, that's that's what I do. So anyway, enough about me. Yeah, no, you went to the School of Hard Knocks, which is a hundred times yeah. more important than going to some journalism school. Yeah, Ugh. well, that's true. Um, so... My question is this: um, We've 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 built up kind of throughout the, the the chronicling of us doing this podcast and learning more about the Bannock Ladies because we bill ourselves as the 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 Stripped know nothing, down, podcast. know -nothing yeah. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> so. Um, We've, we've kind of built up characters for the Bare Naked Ladies, and we were kind of wondering if you could give us some insight into how closely our characterizations kind of match the, the, the members of the band. Uh, so, sure. for example, I think we, we kind of view Tyler as very much like the mama bear of the band. Right. Like, he is he's ferocious and yet tender at the same time <laughs> he is like uh we we, we kind of build him up to be the the fighter of the band well, it's, funny, how, yeah. how true. it's funny you should say mama bear because i hadn't thought of it until you said that which is like much <laughs> like a, a cuddly bear he's definitely he's tyler when in the toronto scene tyler was all about fun when you met tyler somewhere it was going to be a fun conversation i uh, went to tyler right. tyler's party is the only party i've ever taken my pants off at and poured poured <laughs> beer down my underwear and and oh thankful, thankfully I'm 21 years sober and that will never happen again. But um, but I remember I remember specifically being at this party with Michael Philip Voyavoda and you know we were all hanging out and everyone's just daring each other to do crazy stuff and I I took my shirt off and everyone was like and you don't want to see that by the way and I took my shirt off and then I pulled my pants down to my underwear which uh, <laughs> it was still pretty you know safe it wasn't it wasn't obnoxious right. yet well it was obnoxious for sure I didn't flash or anything <laughs> but then I remember pouring a beer down my pants and thinking wow I am so wrong to do this. <laughs> and and actually saying the next day to a bunch of people there, like, this is way pre-me too. I just remember calling a few people and saying, hey, I hope you guys are cool with this. I'm not. Like, but, uh, you know, <laughs> and yeah, and it was one of those. Yeah. So, so, but Tyler was all about fun. That's to answer your question. But I have seen him right. when, when people have wronged the Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, he's, right. he's got a great sense of justice. He's got, a, you know, I definitely know, uh, you know, you know he's aware when certain smart alex say say backhanded compliments like certain hipsters might say he's aware and he'll deal with it so so yeah definitely get off like much like a bear a mama right. bear would say get get away from my cubs you know so he's he's nobody's fool so i wouldn't say he was what does word you said like he's He's a fighter. Like he's, he, he, he's, he's he tough, tender. Yeah, he's a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, but he, I don't think he fights unprovoked. I think I think he's a, def oh, he's yeah. a defender more than anything else. That's what I think. Anyway, like a, right. I mean, other people might have experiences with him that I don't, but I've never had anything but pleasant experiences with him. You know, 
Like a bear, he's only dangerous when provoked. Absolutely. <laughs> I lie. What I do around Tyler is I lie dead, pretend I'm dead, and he and, and I also right. put my also put my food up a tree. That usually helps. Right. Tyler. You gotta lift your yeah, you gotta lift your mountain. You, you, gotta lift your, <laughs> you got any fries around? He'll take them. You know for sure. Yeah. And you got to lift your mountain bike above your head so you look bigger than you are. Absolutely. That's, <laughs> so that's, just, that's, just, that's just science. You know, that's just... That's just... I do that with everybody I meet, yeah. just out of, as a precaution. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I was... Uh, yeah, because I was I was reading a, uh, a a news story about like the Bannock ladies were touring through. I can't. It was like the Edmonton something, and Tyler commented on the news article like, "You piece of shit! You've always badmouthed us." Like it was beautiful. Oh, I love yeah. to see him stick up like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how exactly. about? Jim, Jim as the as the mad inventor, like the kind oh. of deranged mad scientist type. Oh, I don't know about deranged, but uh, Jim is definitely. I <laughs> well, think of Jim as the egghead, uh, like the mu- the musical theorist. Okay. Like I feel like he's the guy who I'm never really intimidated by him because he's so gentle and fun and nice to me and just mm-hmm. easy yeah. to go. But but I always feel like if if I was to say that's a seventh chord, I would look over at Jim and say, "Is it?" Like you know, I feel like Jim would know. <laughs> Jim probably knows counterpoint and all those things that I don't know. For sure. And he was, you know, and I remember when I wrote the book, I remember talking to him a few years later and I said, I said, so what's the fallout on the book? Cause there's some, you know, there was definitely some, some stuff about, you know, some stuff, this is before Steven left the group, but there was some stuff about that mm-hmm. Steven had said and stuff that they'd said about each oh. other. And I remember, uh, and Jim was the one who took me outside. Like he said, in front of the other guys, he, he just said, oh, uh, it was okay. It was okay. And then I was leaving for the day. I had been visiting them recording. Um, oh, what was it? The f- four, uh, the, the one, the first album they made is a four piece. Uh, oh, uh, uh, All in Good Time. Or, uh, all in Good Time. You should drive. Maybe it was. Oh, no. Did it have the word four yeah. in the title uh, though? Uh, yeah. Uh, four seconds is the song. I yeah, think, that's but, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm trying yeah to... And I just remember them recording <laughs> it with, uh, in Toronto with uh, Jeremy Darby. And, uh, and I was leaving the studio. And Michael Voyavoda was there too. And I was leaving the studio. Right. And as I got to the parking lot, Jim grabbed me, like he tapped me on the shoulder. He said, Hey, I was going to say, you know, it was a little weird. Uh, some of the stuff about Ben Mink uh, and some of this. I just wanted to say that, you know, we didn't hold it against you, but yeah, there was definitely some, some stuff, but I don't really want to talk about it. And, you know, like he was like, Hey, but he says, I just want you to know, you know, and he, he, I think it was really important to him that he tell me, like he didn't want to lie to me, which I thought was really cool. Mm. I thought it was really cool. Right. And I actually don't think. Yeah. You know, I did learn some. Actually, I remember saying a few sort of relaying some comments about Ben Mink because they, I think they had been felt that it was a little more structured than they wanted at the time. And it was only, sure. you know, and I think Ben Mink found out. And I, I, I open apology to Ben Mink, by the way, who's one of the greatest musicians in the business. Certainly proved that with Katie, right. with Katie Lang. You know, he's <laughs> played with Katie Lang forever. Uh-huh. So, so, um, but that, yeah, that's the kind of thing you learn on a first book, by the way, is like just casual comments. <laughs> what you not to do. Think yeah. about, just think about it, you know, just think about how that would read to you if it was about you, you know, and, sure. and if it's worth it, like certainly if someone's dissing Adolf Hitler, yeah, you know, don't worry, <laughs> don't worry about offending Adolf Hitler, you know, but yeah. if somebody's right. just somebody who produced somebody in it, you know, anyway, so Jim, yeah. I wouldn't say, 
I wouldn't say what you said as much as what I said. You know? <laughs> oh, good. Okay, oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what we want. We wanted yeah, to Sicker, these, Sicker was uh, extemporizing quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I have a feeling that the, the over-under on all of these is going to be the most kind person I know. <laughs> like, because they all just seem like super stand-up yeah. dudes. And Well, they know how to be, yeah, they know how to be civil and, you mm-hmm. know, they're good ambassadors of Canadianness that way. Sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so finally, we just have one more for you then. How self-deprecating is Steve? Is he, as he appears, to be on the album sort of understanding steve Steve would tell you steve would probably tell you i'm not going to speak for him but steve would probably tell you that he's just painfully honest about himself i don't think he sees it as self-deprecation steve's whole issue with the book as i recall was that he had bared his soul about his insecurities and depression and felt like he didn't have at the time saying i looks like i'm the only one who talked about how crazy i am and i feel like (laughs) i look I look crazy by the, you know, but everyone's got stuff, but sure. they didn't all share their stuff. And I think it was more on him that, oh my God, if I'd known nobody was going to tell their, you know, dirty laundry, I would have kept mine too, you know. Right. Oh, but, man. Uh, but I also admire Stephen for that. Stephen's stories about de- struggling with depression uh, ch- help me in my own. Like, I, I'm a recovering alcoholic and I'm, I've never had any problems since I quit. And uh, I also suffered from subclinical depression and I've been fine. You know, I've had moments, but talking about it with Stephen really helped me. And I think it's important that people identify publicly so that other people know that they are not alone. You right. Know? And I think that's so that so Stephen's self-deprecation, I think, is born of a of desire to just be open, you know. Oh, and it may, right. maybe there is self-deprecation there. I don't know. Maybe he's overstating <laughs> it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just saw him. I just saw him recently. Um, and he actually said, you know, uh, good evening, uh we're going to play a few more songs from my old band, Bare Naked Ladies, but only the depressing ones. <laughs> we we and, saw them. Yeah, the trio yeah. as well. Yeah. Just the depressing tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, he says, I live with it. And he does like, you know, uh, you know, uh, tonight is the night I fell asleep at the wheel. And sure. like all the songs they love with so much blood and all that. And, like, and it, it is true. Like, you know, war on drugs. Like it, it's like the most depressing side of I And mean, he does Brian Wilson, but even that's got a melancholy Sure. You know, sure. it's about being depressed. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, so. and one, one of our listeners actually just wrote in to say that he, he joked at the, the show that he went to about, uh, I'm going to play all the depressing songs. So here's, uh, here's You Ran Away, which is, of course, the song they wrote about him leaving the band. <laughs> just oh, the thought hilarious. of him playing he that. that. <laughs> he yeah. Hey, that, he didn't do it for uh, us. Even. When I saw him. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he actually he did some incredible stuff, though. And Kevin Fox brings so much to, um, the trio, the Stephen Page trio, and Craig Northey, of course, yeah. who's one of my great friends from The Odds. Yeah, so, tra- yeah. The and that, you know, yeah. the new album, uh, Stephen's new album is incredible. It's just like the, it's a new, it's a new high for him, you know? So right, right. That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, some of the stuff on there is, is absolutely wonderful. Um, yeah, we, um, do, and do you still kind of keep up with like, did you and Stephen chat after the show or is, was it just sort of a, oh yeah, oh, yeah? okay, oh, no, we're, cool. We're friends. We're oh, friends. Oh, that's awesome. Very uh, cool. No, we're friends, and uh, and I would say I'm friends with all of them. But I will tell you, frankly, um, I don't see the others. Right. Uh, Stephen, Stephen, I've well, actually, uh, Stephen and I talked about doing one of his biographies. Like, but I think, I think, I th- well, we kind of both realized he should just write it himself. He, I think, he wanted to see if I wanted to co-write right. a book with him. But that's, you know, that still might happen if he wants it to. But we're, we, I think at the time yeah, it was also a very heavy time, as you recall. A lot of, a lot of stuff was going down a few years ago. Sure. So, um, and I think he was, 
trying to not cause any more trouble with what he would say in the book. Right. And I, I kind of admire that. But uh, Stephen and I, yeah, we've talked a lot. And um, um, after my, my own mother died about a year and a half ago, um, I had a little summit in Toronto and I called some friends to, uh, I don't drink, but we had a drink together. Uh, I had soda. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, but it was Craig Northey, uh, Stephen Page, uh, Chris from Sloan, who's another, oh, band, wow. you know, again, this is that thing where everyone knows everybody, Michael sure. from Voda, <laughs> and a really great, a really great songwriter friend of mine named Blair Packham. And, uh, he's from a band called The Jitters that were really great. And he does solo work still. And it was a great little table of, um, really gifted songwriters that I admire. And it was really fun to hang out. And Stephen was, you know, Stephen was Stephen. It was great. Sure. Uh, I saw I haven't seen Ed as much. When when they did the Juno honor, uh, I guess it was this year, I sent Ed a note and I said, it was really great to see you guys on stage. And I was really, uh, you know, I'm really happy to have been a part of your story. Right. And Ed, I think Ed said, Ed got back to me, this is through Facebook or something privately. And he just said, oh, great. It was really good to hear from you. It was really fun to do it. And thanks for reaching out. Oh, that's very kind. Uh, I don't, I haven't been, I haven't been in a room with him in a while. And right. He, probably 10 years you know jim and kevin hearn i've seen and talked to kevin hearn a few times of course kevin went on as well to be he's such a key figure in the lou reed story like as one of his like late life uh, late in lou's life uh, kevin was his piano player wow right you know and and so kevin's got all these uh, this other stuff that we talk about as well and so i see him once in a while but i don't like we don't we haven't hung out socially but i was gonna just want to finish with one thing about the, all of them is that I mentioned this off before this show that um, when I was out promoting the Kids in the Hall book, I had just done CBC Radio uh, talking about the Kids in the Hall, and I was wearing my CBC T-shirt uh, as a kind of a funny thing to do when I go to the CBC. It's a little CBC logo, <laughs> right? And uh, I'm it's late in the day, and I've already done this radio show, and I'm talking to some other journalist doing an interview, and uh, behind me I hear St- Tyler going. If it isn't Paul Myers, and I went, <laughs> what? And I looked over, and he's wearing the CBC T-shirt that I'm wearing. It's the craziest thing. And so I said to him, because I have a very keen awareness of, uh, you know, amazing happenstances. I said, "Oh my God, I'm promoting my fourth book about a five-man troupe, uh, and you, you guys were the five-man band that started my career. And it was you, Tyler, who called me and said we're thinking of getting you to write our book. So I don't have a career in book writing unless you had called me." And I said, it's, it's amazing that we, like, that I bump into you on this day right. that, and that you're wearing the same shirt as me. <laughs> and I just said, thank you. And I got to say, man, it is so good to bump into people that you have to say thank you to because <laughs> right. it's like, so, and Tyler got as choked up as I did. He went, oh man, that's so beautiful what you just said. And I was like, yeah, I feel it. Like it was like, uh, I, you know, I'm not a religious person, but I believe in all kinds of weird energy. I'll tell you that. And it was something, something about it, just seeing him. And it was like. So, so, and Tyler and I like, was like nothing. Had, I was worried because he knows that I'm still like really good friends with uh, Steven. Right. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if there's long-term rifts or anything like that. Sure. And I still mm-hmm. don't know. But as far as I know, there's nothing, there's nothing that time won't heal. You know, I, I can't imagine. I don't know if Steven and Ed, like, I don't know what their deal is. I don't know. I'm not there. But um, I know that Tyler gets it. And seeing them on the Junos this year, just, you know, doing it as an honor to the fans and as an honor mm-hmm. to their own legacy. I know that all things are possible because they understand how much they mean to each other, even if they 
had some unpleasantness in the last few years, you know? Right, right. So. Yeah, I think a lot of people saw that as like, oh, everything is good again. But yeah, of course, there's there is always something yeah. that th- it was a beautiful tribute to the fans, though. Mm-hmm. I it was it was so appreciated. They looked really happy to be no, there. Was, yeah. Were you there? <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah. Did you go we, to that? We were not there. That would have we been incredible. In spirit. And we were there in spirit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I watched it streaming. I watched it yeah. on my iPhone down here in California. I watched yeah. it on CBC uh, online. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, we, we streamed we, it as well. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for yeah, that was, for coming onto the show. This was great, fantastic. That was like an education that we sorely deserve <laughs> yes, on the Bare Naked Ladies. Sure. We've, been, we've been feeling oh, cool. around in the dark cool. here for, yeah. for 15 episodes yeah, we really have oh um, my god yeah you should consult with me more often i seem to know a lot about them but that, that's <laughs> so the book strange. is public stunts public stunts private stories the only thing i will say about my book is that it is now was it it was out in 2000 and in america it was 2003 <laughs> sure so it's at least 15 years old it's actually even older because it came out a, a year earlier in canada and uh, it was written before 9-11, which is Ooh, wow. it's like wow. if you think about, you know, pre-9-11. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing is, um, like I said, the caveat of I've learned to write a little bit better since then, a little <laughs> less me. Right. And uh, but my new book definitely is bringing back memories because my new book's about a five man troupe, the kids in the hall, and it's called One Dumb Guy. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah. Uh, one dumb. It's kids in the hall. One dumb guy, and it's the story of a comedy troupe, and it's not <laughs> unlike the story of the bare naked ladies. So, it, you know, five men, Canadian, and all the political intrigue that that would generate. You know, five yeah. different personalities. So that's so I'm cool. kind of a. If you know any other five person troops that will need me to analyze their life. Uh, <laughs> I should yeah. start charging by the hour, but <laughs> right, you know. exactly. Well, thank you so much. We really yeah, appreciate you no having problem. been on. Yeah, well, thank thanks you. for having me on, man. Oh no, it yep. was a pl- it was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> See you later. Bye. 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 Hey, Evan. Hey, I am the opposite of what I was last week. Oh, what, me too. What was I last week? Great. Uh, so <laughs> now you're terrible. <laughs> terrible now. Last and week what were you? Were, what were you? Last week you were a nihilist. So this week you are a... I wasn't a nihilist. I was just talking about nihilism. When so you now, talk about something, it now becomes I your... Now I am a nihilist because last week I believed in God. Now I don't. Oh, okay. And well, then, you're an atheist. You don't have to be a nihilist. Okay. I'm an atheist. I believe that when you die, you go into the ground and that's it. Yeah. Or into a jar. Or in somebody's freezer. Yeah. Or into someone else's body if you do your organs right. Yes. Um, what was I last week? I want my organs to live on. You were uh, forward okay. and so uh, a little bit frustrated. This week I'll be backwards and carefree. <laughs> <laughs> me am Bizarro Saker. Me am love to have stress. Why does Bizarro Saker talk <laughs> badly? I, because Bizarro Super... I hate Bizarro. Bizarro doesn't make any sense, right? Well, because he says, me am Bizarro. So here's right? the thing. So what he's really saying is, you aren't Superman. Which I guess is true. <laughs> Except he talks to Superman a lot. But Bizarro's not supposed to make any sense, right? No. No. I don't that's know enough about DC. Bizarro. Yeah, I guess so. Did you know there's a character named Batzaro that's just Bizarro Batman? But what a great name. So he's a criminal. He just like causes crimes? Or? Yeah. I think he's the world's worst detective. Or he's, a, he's like a really amazing, he's like a billionaire who just like sits at home and gives his money to like charity. I think he's a poor man without any gadgets. <laughs> so he's just <laughs> like, he's a schlub. <laughs> so like, yeah, Bizarro Superman would just be the weakest, most ineffectual person in the world. Yeah. Right? He wouldn't have any power. Okay, he'd have the opposite of powers. I'm he'd have like all sorts of, he'd just, <laughs> he'd just, just be like, like locked in syndrome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> he has cancer and leukemia and tuberculosis. Everyone in Bizarro World can't move. Because everyone in regular world can. I'm going to pitch you a Marvel hero. Everyone on, in uh, Bizarro World is inside out. Because everyone here, <laughs> no one breathed. They're all dead. We all have, we all have two lungs. And they all have zero lungs. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pitch you a Marvel hero. negative two lungs. You tell me what. Yes, I'm sorry. They steal lungs. Uh, you tell me what their Bizarro version looks like. Okay. Bizarro Wolverine. Bizarro Wolverine is uh, his flesh is made of metal and his bones are. <laughs> his flesh is adamantium. His bones are regular bones. Okay. So he just lays on the ground because it's too heavy to move. <laughs> can, can God like make Colossus. a Wolverine so heavy <laughs> that even That's he... from last week's commercial. Whoops, sorry. Uh, we're definitely not recording these right in a row. <laughs> uh, he's like Colossus. Yeah, okay, he's you like pitch Colossus, me, but he can't move. You pitch me a Marvel Super. I'll tell you they're okay. Bizarro. Bizarro Gambit. Bizarro Gambit. He is able to not throw video game <laughs> consoles so he just drops video game consoles he he's butterfingers he can't handle anything <laughs> he's, a, he's a butterfingers and he's from estonia he's got that estonian okay. accent Thick that we're estonian all familiar accent. with yeah. uh yeah and uh his uh yeah that, that's what he is Bizarre I, dated, I dated a woman from estonia once did you yeah it was when my give me uh, the punchline uh the punchline uh Yes, it is. That's the punchline. It's <laughs> a good one. Now tell me the joke. Oh, there wasn't really a joke. I actually literally dated a woman from Estonia. Yes, it is. Oh, that is funny. No, All no. right. So it what was, was she uh, like? Tell me about her. She was really nice. Great. I don't want to give away. I mean, I don't want to like out her as a Can you dox her, please? <laughs> give me her full I mean, name and address. Maybe. No. I, uh, one, two, three, she Estonia was, She was working with me at a place, and I said, oh, and she's talking about Estonia. And I'm like, Estonia, that's a Baltic state, isn't she? Isn't it? And she goes, yes, it is. That's the that's the punchline. Because she was really interested in me because I knew where Estonia was on the map and all the other Americans oh, didn't. Oh, no. Is that really? You like yeah, that was, had that, that some was my, rudimentary. That was my, my pickup line was knowing where a woman is from is Dude, the key to her heart. I can't tell you how many times I've gone out to the bar and said, Estonia is a Baltic state, isn't it? And the woman is just like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, I mean, she, someone, a woman who says, I'm from Youngstown or I'm from See, Kansas. And then you know some like actual yeah. like, fun facts about it. That's my problem is that I just keep using the Estonia line. You told me about it once and I keep trying to use It'll it to work. pick up women. It'll work eventually. It will. I'm looking I mean, forward to it. It worked on your wife, didn't it? Uh, Yeah. You know what? It did. It did. She's a good Italian girl, but I knew where Estonia was and <laughs> that's, that's right. all that mattered to her. She loves geography. It's true. You know that geos caching did we do a, a ad for a product yet hmm. and we're we've spun off of it to here we not. haven't done one no, yet. No, no, no. oh you're no still, you're still uh you're still rambling okay well we have to do one of those um do we have to no we don't what happens if we don't here's the deal we are with the it's all been done podcasting <laughs> network their only thing is that we have to like say a thing about one of their products and okay. two weeks ago we didn't even do that we just said go to iabdpresents.com <laughs> it was shitty it was funny it made me laugh yeah and i've had people say it was funny but we didn't help them did we no so i don't feel like we've helped them at all you're right i don't feel like we've helped them at all um so how can we help them Let's each give them $20. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. I mean, they have a Patreon. Let's do the thing we never do and plug their Patreon. Actually, this is true, is we're trying to make $100. They're trying to make $100. We don't get any of this yeah, money. Yeah, we're not getting any That's money. the reason I never I mean, plug their Patreon. Eventually, they, the idea is when they get enough money, they're going to cut us in for a thing, but I don't think they're going to get the, the enough money to cut us in. <laughs> I mean, I'd like them to get enough money to that cut us great. in. I'd like them to get enough money to pay for themselves. That would be awesome. Ev that, that's that's why they're does. trying to get $100 in Patreon monies mm -hmm. is so they can do that. So here's your job. I want you to give to the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash IABD. Uh, they're trying to get $100 a month so they can be self-sustaining. But 
for every $1 you give to them, I want you to give $2 to us. Now, theirs is a monthly recurring donation. Mm -hmm. You don't have to give, but if you give them $10, I want you to Venmo $20 to Jedi333 <laughs> on Venmo. That's what you got to do. Uh, or uh, PayPal, Jedi333 at gmail.com. Or just bury it in the ground. Any, any, As everyone knows that any money buried in the ground becomes sacred property and knows where it is. That's correct. That's your mutant power. You know where the treasure. They call and you the treasure map. Bizarro Saker doesn't know where any treasure <laughs> doesn't is. Doesn't know where any money is. <laughs> so he can't find money. <laughs> That's right. Patreon. Oh, I pay for anything. I'm Bizarro Saker. <laughs> But Bizarro, Bizarro World is a communist society, yeah, it's so like it's cashless. okay. Well, no, except for the parts that are capitalist here. Oh, yeah. It's just the exact opposite of everything. So it's kind of anarchy. It has no governments, <laughs> because except for the places that do have governments here, and they're like, Waka or don't have governments, and they're like Wakanda. Like, they're real doing real well. But everyone's dead. Right. <laughs> they're doing... For every person that's living, everyone in Bizarro World bet is dead, right? <laughs> they, don't, they don't eat. They just vomit food out. <laughs> just vomit it. And like, <laughs> it's hard when it gets the I numbers. They eat out of their butts. They just like sit on the food. They and then sit it, on the food. <laughs> they only they... eat corn and corn dogs yeah, and they vomit, they vomit uh, cucumbers. Yep. It goes in reverse. And yeah, they poop out their mouths. Well, they don't get nourishment from it. They no, no, they no, don't no, even no. need it because we need food. They don't. They don't. Food, need food. poisons. Yeah, them, they hate. But poison food. foods them. <laughs> yeah, they try to get the food out of their bodies. Right. Their stomachs and keep fill making it with poison. Their stomach keeps making food, and they have to get rid of it somehow. Their, their teeth are like gummies. Yeah, but they're it comes so out, soft. It comes out not like poop or vomit. It comes out like fully formed food. Uh, yeah, that's correct. So yeah, they got a lot. They got a big. So trash actually, from. they shove poop back into their ass. <laughs> <laughs> this is so dumb. Go to Patreon.com/slash/IABD. And Wolverine just lays there. And we're back with it's all been done. A bare naked ladies Lady. very oh. special episode. Mm. That's right. We are done. The more you know. With born on a. Pirate Both ship. Saker and I are addicted to drugs. <laughs> Just during that break. It's like a very special episode, right? Oh, That's always oh, oh. Like, <laughs> I didn't know we're what dealing with, we're dealing with doing. some hard issue. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> got it. Okay. And the hard issue is drugs in this episode. Well, yeah. Drugs are like the... That's the easiest issue because then you... Other, other than that, it's like always like sex or abuse. And yeah, I prefer... Drinking. Well, which is a, a drug. drug. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're so right. Both Saker and I have become alcoholics in alcoholics. the in the during the break you get caught up in the alcoholics, alcoholics. Mm. um ev one special thing we wanted to do in this episode is we wanted to resequence bopes we gonna do it so uh how should we do this you start or i start you start okay so you always have a weird theming for your right and you want to guess my theming so. and i do but so. my my resequencing is always based on how would this album sound better, right? Music, musically, structurally, lyrically. Exactly. You are straight and narrow. No funny stuff <laughs> that here. That is always what people say about me. No funny men. So, um, Born on a Pirate Ship. So, yep. originally, Born on a Pirate Ship uh, starts with the song Stomach versus Heart. Now, <clears throat> my only problem is it's perfect. They did it. Fucking like Stomach vs. Heart is a great intro to an album. Is it though? I think it absolutely is. I just well, don't this want is to. your sequencing. I don't want to admit that they got it right, so I changed it, right? Okay. <laughs> because resequencing has to be interesting. Like Stomach vs. Heart, I think, does a lot of good things. It's energetic. It has a great intro to the song. The bum, bum, bum. Like, um. Yeah. But is it Hello City? No, it's not. And I think the problem with that is the thesis they set for the album, which I always believe the first song is your thesis statement is fucking weird. <laughs> this is a weird album, given, yeah. but I think it's got some serious shit on mm -hmm. it too. So instead of that, I started with, I live with it every day. 
So I live with it every day. We have a similar opener energy. It's not as goofy. It sets a tone of drama for the album, right? Okay. But it's also high energy. And we start with those boom, 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 those synths that I love so much. I feel like that would be a really cool way to start the album. You've, you're better than better than Stomach versus Heart, though. I also wrote, I don't want to admit that they got it right. Like, okay, I, I okay. think they may have gotten it right. So you're doing this. This is like the, this is the runner up starter. But if you, if you start with Stomach vs. Heart, Stomach vs. Heart can't go the place I placed it in the okay, album, which fair. I think that's is better fair. for it. But this, so you're saying Stomach vs. Heart is a better opener, yes. but your album is sequenced is, differently. Is yeah, sequenced yeah. differently and is a better album sequence overall. Correct. So you got to think, think of right. not only the opener, but the place of the songs within I, the context I, actually, of the album. I am. I think they may have fucked and just nailed it on this album. Because Shoebox is a great ender, too. Right. So I sequenced my album not just to be better. Add them at takes. But in. just to be different, right? Okay, that's good. So so one thing I did that is just a, a hot take. Director's cut. Tracks two, three, four are the fucking hits parade. I wanted to blow my load early in the album. Wow. Track two, The Coming Old Apartment. Hot. Track three, Shoebox. Track four, Straw Hat and Dirty Old Hank. I wanted the hits parade to come. So then you're just quick. So you're like, you blow them away, and then you just hope they're gonna, you're gonna coast the rest of the album. You're gonna ride, you're gonna ride high. I think we should put. And some... then you then you put in a real hard drop there with Spider in My Room, <laughs> no. and then oh trust me, Spider in My Room got cut from this album Spider in my faster room, than and a then fucking... in the drink. Just let them just just fucking <laughs> let them bottom them out. Now I did I did cut three songs Highs and lows. I made this into a 12 track album instead of 14 track album because I feel okay. like there was a lot of fat to trim on this album, right? That's your opinion. So I cut two tracks. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, well, here's what I did. I cut three tracks. But I added a a B side because I fine. feel like the, this album has some hella strong B sides. So I cut completely in the drink, fucking obviously. Spider in my room, less mm. obvious, but still. Why don't you just cut the bass line from every song while you're at it? <laughs> and I cut. This is where it ends. Ooh. Huh. Call the police and call my friends because I just had a hot take. Yeah. Uh, I this is where it ends. I kept listening to it. I was like, this song is nothing. This song doesn't suck but it doesn't blow me away and i feel like everything on this album should blow me the fuck away right so track five for me just a toy okay why it's a great chaser for straw hat and dirty old hank okay thematically old dirty hank the old dirty hank thank you they do those adjectives in a weird fucking order it's right? a reference to a uh, poem I, know, I know i know i know song. but um so like i thought like well okay just a toy like this guy feels like just a toy to her i feel like we're hitting a thematic beat here plus it keeps up um sort of the high energy that, mm -hmm. that we have at this point in the album right after that um same thing okay why because the end of Just a Toy has that melodica tinkling, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it perfectly comes into the beginning of Same Thing, where it's sort of that dreamlike, how does it feel to come okay. out of, right? Um, I thought that was that was a great. Uh, after that is when I fall, which I think same thing is based on when I mm -hmm. fall. I think they're part hang times, of course, as we right. talked about. And it's our... a little bit peppier than same thing, so you're 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 ramping up a little bit. Sure, now. sure. But we we're, we're we're guiding us into sad country here, right? Okay. So same thing leads us kind of into when I fall. So we have when I fall, and then we're going straight to uh, break your heart, right? It's a follower for when I fall. Okay. We're in sad country here. It's slow and emotional. We have mm -hmm. that prom song, and then. I had a difficult time. So we get stomach versus heart right here in the album. Whoa. 
I thought it was a good thematic chaser. Break your heart, stomach versus heart, right? Because this guy, now that his heart has been broken or he's broken a heart, he doesn't know what's what anymore, man. He's That's confusing his stomach versus his heart. That's he's a hard maybe sell. eating, overeating, because we have this difficult, like, you know, some people when they're sad, right? So this is my weird shit sequence, right? Okay. So stomach versus heart leading straight into, I know... <laughs> Why I? You might be surprised that I didn't cut that song. I listened to it again. I like that song. It's interesting. The like I feel like if we hadn't dug deep into it, yes. it'd be a, it, I'd be one of my favorite songs yeah. on the album. But Alan like, fucking dug deep into it. He yeah. did a great job on that mm-hmm. one. But I feel like but there's a lot of songs in this album that are not specifically great, but they're really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the album could hold up better to multiple listens if it had a lot of interesting shit instead of stuff like This Is Where It Ends, which is just like. Pfft. Like nothing stupid. Okay. So I know. Uh, after That's that, your opinion. Uh, after that, uh, we have, and this was the one I almost cut from the album, Call Me Calmly, which is interesting. Um, hmm. It's a deep cut. It ends with a bunch of energy, which brings us into the last track on the album. I almost switched it with a B-side called Trust Me, um, but I really love the strings here in Call Me Calmly. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that Steve is, is taking a different POV than he usually does, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. Um, track 12 is... The last track on the album, and yes. it's a B-side. We're going to go with the B-side, Back. Backs. Back. I woke up yesterday morning, fell down two flights of stairs. Well, I thought I was wide awake, but my legs were still Back asleep. is a humorous look at a man who falls downstairs and becomes a quadriplegic <laughs> okay. by breaking his back. It has this intense fucking banjo line through uh-huh. the whole song that is killer it's so so good right by the parishes tip me downstairs and i lay there and well is like uh the, the chorus ends with i fell flat on my ass but the very last time when they're going through this, the chorus mm-hmm. um the all the music cuts out and steve just goes i fell flat on my ass and i think ending the <laughs> album with steve plaintively saying i fell flat on my ass is just like such a great way to end an album that just makes it blows you change the perception won't change the perception i fell flat on my ass Then we roll them outtakes. And then we roll the outtakes. That is correct. I did not use Trust Me, uh, which is another B-side, and Grim Grinning Ghosts from the uh, the Disney um, fucking Haunted Mansion ride, which they did a song for around this time, huh. which I thought might have been not interesting, know that. but eh, I decided not to. I'm going to have to listen to Grim Grinning Ghosts. You should. It's I love me some Haunted interesting Mansion. Song. Yeah, oh, it can be on your Halloween mix next year, Bare Naked Halloween Mix. <laughs> 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 All right. Tell me how you sequence the album, and I want to start guessing. I sequenced. Wait, first up, did you keep all fourteen songs? Yes. Okay. Of course I did. Okay. I don't. You, you I don't. don't... <laughs> I don't mess with perfection. <laughs> You're a garbage man. I resequence. I don't change. Go ahead. How did you do it? Uh, I did it from the narrator I would most want to be to the narrator I would least want to be. Most want to be to least want to be. Oh. Okay. So number one is the narrator I would most want to be out of the choices available. Yep, I understand. Okay, are you ready? Yep. The narrator that you most want to be some of these like the same thing are just weird. The narrator you most want to be is Call Me Calmly. Uh close. Okay. 
It is. I know. I know. Yeah, it's just a dude. He has to deal with a racist. Well, he's just a dude who wants to argue religions with charlatans at a party. Like, I've been that guy. Like, yeah. I don't... Did you enjoy being that guy? I mean, I didn't hate it. <laughs> but... Like, it's, it's good to stand up for what you believe in. Sure. It's good to point out hypocrisy and whatnot. I feel like he's being socially conscious and just I, arguing with racists and charlatans and religious charlatans, which I, is what you should be doing. I don't feel like he's arguing. I feel like he's confused. I don't think so. The portrait on the wall, is it Jesus? Is it Charo? It, like, I don't think he knows what's I don't, happening. I think, I think he knows exactly what's happening. I you, think we just don't understand what his, like, because it's just a stream of consciousness sort of song, okay. right? Okay. So you'd rather be him than a woman who loves her job, makes good money. Number two. Call, call me, call me. Okay. <laughs> a sex worker who seems to like their job. Right. It would have been my first, but I don't think I would be a very good sex worker. Really? Yeah, I don't think I... Like, You're not limber enough? <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I mean, I, I assume I'm, I'm inhabiting their body, right? So, uh, yeah. So I don't think I would enjoy having sex for money over and over and over again. Okay. Right? I, don't, I think it would wear on me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But she likes it though. Right. So you, you're not the narrator. But I'm, no, no. I mean, I'm the narrator, but I'm, I get well, The to, narrator likes it. Right. But I'm choosing who I want to be, right? So I would, if I, the narrator I would most want to be. <laughs> is basically myself. <laughs> and the narrator I'd second least want to be is a, a, a sex worker who enjoys their job. You are so right? egotistical that the person, even over someone who loves what they do, is someone who's more like you. I don't want to Even change. if they have to deal with racism. Well, here's the thing. I could I could be, I know, and still keep all my life and all my, like, be who exactly who I am. Like, right. I've been I know. I've been that guy. Right. Like, arguing so with. you want to be Evan more than you want to be anyone else in the world. Yeah, I love my life. It's great. All right. That's fair. Except so, if you could be a vampire. Well, if I could be me as a vampire, <laughs> like it'd be like, I, it, would you be yourself, but you also get a superpower? But you've talked about abandoning your partner and child. If I had to, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> have to. The caveats you put on it was I had to join the band. Like, <laughs> Okay. Um, number three. Here's the thing. Is the rest of the album, no one else is happy on the rest of the album. It's either people who are confused or sad. So I think you went from happy to confused. So my next track for you is one of these three. It's either stomach versus heart or spider in my room or same thing. Same thing's a little sadder. So I think you went with spider in my room. No, no, he's scared. He's scared. Stomach versus heart. What was it? Same thing. Shit. Okay. All right. It's just yeah, somebody he's happy. It's just somebody talking about their experiences and generalizing. Yeah. Them. Like yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's really kind of meh. Like, yeah. I mean, he does seem to have a pretty decent life though, yeah. except for getting hit by lightning. Yeah, that's true. But he survived. <laughs> In like a metaphorical or actual sense. Yeah. Either way, I wouldn't want to be struck by lightning. Yeah. Old men say hello to him and yeah, he gets I mean, to see the Fantastic right. Four. Like it's not a, it's the, the life he's describing seems okay. Right, he, right, right. He seems to overgeneralize a lot, which yeah. is weird, but yeah. other than that, he's fine. Okay. Then you went to stomach versus heart. You are correct. Hey, Number four, yeah. stomach versus heart. So it's either a guy who's obsessed with obsession over love or a feeder. Neither are great. Okay. But again, not neither of them are terrible. Right, right, right. right. Okay. Like those are, that's a life you could you could lead. Number five. I want to say you went to Spider-Man Room, but the problem is, depending on the read, that's an extinction level event. So maybe not. I'm going to flip to, oh, old apartment. Eh. It's a way, hold on. It's a loving According to the canon explanation, these two people love each other. He's happy. But we don't follow canon explanations. That's right. All right. What do you have next? Shoebox. You want to be the narrator from Shoebox. Someone who keeps lies and... Yeah, it's just a dude lying to an older woman about his age and stuff. I mean, not that great, but it's it's a big trap. But ultimately, like, everybody probably walks away from that one okay. But here's the thing. Like, hearts are broken. A 17-year-old is sad. An older woman is like, what the fuck? The narrator... You've... 
you've possibly given someone a trauma. Right. Compa- Not, well, well, okay, but here's the thing. You're committing a crime. Pretty much everybody else in this list gets tra- <laughs> is handing out traumas. You're committing a crime in either old apartment or uh, shoebox, right. right? I think the crime of B&E is a lot less than the crime of sleeping with someone while you're underage well, and not telling them it's not b and e well we'll get to that when i when i uh, when <laughs> okay i, I think your apartment. next song is old apartment and no fucking way is it anything else in the drink it's oh a, yeah a creepy oh shit dude. that would have been up way higher yeah, it's about cre- having sex well it's a creepy dude who doesn't know how to talk to women but this is bad but potentially a manageable situation like he could i could learn from my mistakes right yeah i could be like well Saying I want to suck your the sap from your tree isn't working. Well, maybe I should try something else. How about I want to drink your blood? Nope. <laughs> nope. Okay. Uh, snowflakes kissing my sure. eyeball. Like, okay. It's good to be tenacious. Right. At least he's tenacious. It's not necessarily good to be tenacious if you're In doing it against the, like if this. you're doing it the same sure, sure, woman. Sure. But you know, if you're if you're trying these pickup lines, they're failing. You're like, huh? I could grow. You know, like if if he grows as a person okay. after the end of the song, that's fine. Like Evan, if your next one is <laughs> hold, hold on. Oh wait, wait, wait. So how many I, am I right and wrong? I got to keep track and see if I get more right than wrong. I was right on how many? Uh, two. Two and wrong on uh, four? four. Jesus Christ. All right. Your next one is going to be, I think you're going to say, I'm going to say it's old apartment, but you're going to say straw hat and dirty old Hank because you are fucked up. Wrong. What is it? On both accounts. It's break your heart. Shit, shit, so this shit, is a, of course it is. That's a shitty, not a bad A shitty one. boyfriend stringing along a significant other because yeah. he doesn't want to hurt them or is too cowardly to back out. I've literally been there. Yeah, so, yeah. so again, this is this could be me from the past. So it's why wasn't good, this number two? It's not a good situation. It's really shitty. It's something I seriously regret. Unlike like being a sex worker who enjoys their job. Right, it okay. It would be a fine... So like, here's, like, here's, I don't want to go back to that situation. I never want to be in that situation again in my life. Let me generalize. Number one choice, being Evan, arguing with racists. Number two choice, being a sex worker and having a completely different life. Number three choice, being Evan from 10 years ago. <laughs> like, this, this isn't, same thing was third. No, but I'm saying like number three, uh, so cutting oh, out everything else. Right, right, but again, below that like, is. Like, I'd rather so you, be somebody who overgeneralizes. <laughs> I'd rather be somebody who. I just like present Evan, sex worker, past Evan in the order of who I want to be. <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I'm picking. I'm picking the hand I'm dealt, right? <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'm just saying so it's funny that the Evans are so far one. separated. That's another wrong yeah, one I for you. Yeah, I marked it, you dinkus. Your next one is the old apartment, dude. You stop going down this fucking rabbit up. hole. It's gotta be the old apartment. Nothing bad happens to the narrator. He breaks in, rehashes old memories, and leaves. He has a girlfriend who he who loves him. What is fucking wrong with you? Okay, what's next? This is where it ends. No! <laughs> this is an alcoholic who is planning this to take his own... suicide! Yeah, an alcoholic who's planning to take his own life. Not a great look, but this is where it ends, unlike our next song. You picked it over the old apartment? The yeah. next song Did you even, do you, is... No, do not <laughs> do this, because do you remember my read of old apartment? No. Okay, well then, if you had what remembered my read... What is it? Tell read, me again. Remind no, me. I'm not going to tell Remind you. the listeners. All right, this guy is a fucking serial killer who's coming in to kill his like he is someone who snapped that was who's your coming serial in. Kill- that's your not my serial killer. Movie but read. My, my actual read was that he came. He's like an abusive prick who's coming in to like beat this girl up, maybe kill her. Like he's ripped out the phone. He's stamping on the walls. He's a crazy fucking person. He's a crazy person. She's not there. Right, but if she had been, your next pick is the old apartment. <laughs> it's I live with it every day. You, you another wrong. Oh, wait, wait, stop, stop. You would rather have accidentally killed someone 
then broken in with an intent to kill and left. Yes. You are insane. <laughs> so would I rather be somebody who accidentally killed somebody, the kid, and regrets it? Or would I rather be a cre- like a, a, someone with serious mental health issues who was broken in with an intent to kill someone, didn't get the chance this time, <laughs> but gets away okay? Like, would I rather be? Yes. Yes, Saker. I would rather be that. <laughs> okay. So, so I live with it every day. Someone who did something they can't escape from that haunts their life forever. Not only that, but it destroys their life. So... Like, it's like, basically, this is where it ends. Only the guy doesn't kill himself and okay. keeps, like, going down, keeps going Tell, downhill. Mix them up. Tell me what songs we have left. We have When I Fall. When I Fall. Okay. Go ahead. Straw Hat. Straw Hat. Got it. Spider in Me Room. Spider. Got it. Uh, old Apartment. Old Apartment. And Just a Toy. Just a Toy. Oh, God. <laughs> Just a Toy's got to be the bottom. Uh, okay. So, next for you is When I Fall. Old apartment. I hate you. <laughs> it's not like I'm doing this to fuck with you. You are fucking with yourself. My list is right here. It's written on this stop, paper. Stop, 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 When I fall, I should have put way earlier. It's a man who is scared all the time, but he can always quit his job. Can he? I don't know. We're making shit up. Yeah, anyways. that's the point. This is from my... Did I, I say... Did I say... Who would Saker would most want to be? All right, I said department. me. Do all department. It's... I, I already basically explained it. Someone <laughs> who broke up with someone else coming back to let out his feelings. Not a great person. And poten- he's potentially abusive. He's potentially a murderer. Yeah. I don't want to be a murderer. So here's, here's the problem with me trying to guess it. Is if the song I wanted didn't fit where I thought, I always think it has to be the next one down. Right. When I fall. Uh, nope. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna guess when I fall forever. What's next? Uh, Straw Hat. Old Dirty Hank. A stalker. Yeah. Okay. So, in rather old than have a shitty job, you'd be a stalker. In Old Apartment, the guy, this is a one-off situation. In Straw Hat, this is a continuing situation where the guy is going to kill this How woman. How do you know it's a one-off in Old Apartment? Because it stops at the end of the song. It, we can assume, we can either assume that it's a one-off or it's not. We can assume that the guy is going to come back, but it's not explicitly stated in the song, whereas but it is in Straw Hat. In Straw Hat, he's done it a lot, but at the end, it's over. He brings her a twenty-two with shell. Yeah, he kills her. Yeah. Where in Old Apartment, it it's not said. Okay. Basically, right, fair, 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 so fair, your fair. question was fair, fair, yes. fair. Okay. So obviously, this guy suffers from mental health issues, is a danger to others, but you know, you're also in love, like so that like <laughs> nice. like that's a little bit okay. <laughs> All right, I know the last three in order. Okay. When I fall. Wrong. Spider in my room is an extinction level event. Spider in my room. Yeah, is the next one. How? Because it's a weirdo or child who unleashes Armageddon and then drowns. Right. So he's he's terrified. He's got this uh, terrifi- terrifying fear of spiders. He kills a spider and then dies. Unlike the person in When I Fall, who is terrified, fucking terrified. And there's no escape. There is no escape. You'd rather be scared and die from what scared you rather than just be scared forever because at least there's an end so here's so here's my question would you rather be terror would you rather be scared like get a jump scare and then live (laughs) then die or would you rather live in hell (laughs) i would rather quit my job he can't quit his job why because he has a family to feed do we know that he talks about it in the song his family and his who who are dead nope that's that's a very <laughs> liberal reading of that line, Saker. My family and my grandpa 
who's dead? My, my family pastor. and my pastor and my grandpa. Grandfather, who's dead? Who's dead? The, the clause. He says, who, it's parentheses. Who's dead is on the outside. Yeah, but it also says, who is dead, rather than who are dead, which would refer to all three of them. Yeah, and we know he has perfect grandma, because he talks about that a lot. Perfect grammar. He wouldn't ever say... So, so you are you are purposely misreading the song. <laughs> so so when I falls next, then yeah, yeah yeah, and then it's a man who f- confronts his greatest fear daily. At, that really fucking sucks. Yeah, at the very least, just a toy. Yeah, is yeah. a living nightmare, eternal Vinganzo. Yeah, the killer puppet locked in, never able to move <laughs> or act. Eternal forever. 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 That, that is the worst. Yeah, that is that is hell. So I went four for four for fourteen. <laughs> That's not. You did a lot better last time. I did. It's because you, you keep like you keep doubling down, man. You Never, have to because no, if I believe don't. something to be true, then you're the one who fucked <laughs> up, and I have to just keep saying. It. Okay. We'll do this again with stunt. I'm excited. This is to where see it ends. Works. This is where it ends. Um, but not with this is where it ends. It ends with just a toy. Just a toy, which is a good song. I really like that song. In reflecting mm-hmm. on it, I've listened to it a few more times. It's yeah, a great. I song. I like just a toy. Yeah. All right, now is the time of the show when we take an email from one of our buddy pals. So, uh, this one hey, is best buddy. Uh, an email from someone named Daryl. So, hey, Daryl writes to us. Hi, Daryl. Uh, he says, hey, guys. Loving the podcast and the guests have been a great addition in the past while. Anyway, had a quick question. If the members of BNL, including Steven, were to quit making music and open restaurants, <laughs> what kind of restaurant would each lady open? Which would be most successful, and which would you be most likely to visit? I guess that's kind of three questions. Oh well, keep up the great work. Also, congrats on the upcoming baby, Saker. My wife and I are also expecting our first baby. Congratulations, Daryl. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, so, which restaurant? Which would do the best, and which would be most exciting? So we have to, to come visit? up with ten different restaurants. No, or five. fifteen different or restaurants. Fifteen. Because it's which would do the best, which we would. Frequent. We have to come up with six different restaurants. And then which would be the most successful and which oh, would we want to visit? And okay, or five. Let's do five. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, let's start with Steve. Steve's let's restaurant. Let's start with Tyler because it's Tyler's Pile of Grub. Yes, Tyler's Pile of Grub. <laughs> yes. So they just serve uh, garbage plates and- With uh, and without sour cream. <laughs> without sour cream. That's right, Dan. Yeah, well, uh, actually, they have like, it's like a um, Cold Stone Creamery of garbage plates. <laughs> so they just give you the plate start of fries. fries. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a hot griddle. Cream. <laughs> I just, love that. They pour so the oil much. and they just fry them right in front of you. And you're like, I want cheese. Oh. I want peps. Shoebox of fry. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's what and they, they give you. they give you a shoebox full of fries. Okay. Um- uh, Kevin's, uh, Kevin, I feel like would have one of those like real Los Angeles restaurants that only serves like cinnamon toast. <laughs> like, I feel like he had like a patisserie, a patisserie, like some like a you... pie place. Is that what a patisserie? What is a patisserie? Like, like a, like a sweet bakery. Oh, okay. All it right. serves like, again, that serves sort of like French or maybe some sort of like not overly sweet dessert. Okay. All right. A patisserie. I like that. Patisserie. A patisserie. Uh, all right. Do we have to come up with names for all these? Uh, no. Kevin's hurt bird food. <laughs> Kevin's hurt bird food. Great. Uh, Steve, easy. He opens a franchise of soup plantation or zoop here. Let's just say zoop. I like that name better than soup Why plantation. Why easy? <laughs> because he loves soup. I uh, guess. <laughs> and ice cream sandwiches. Uh, yeah. But, but Jim did write that song. Oh, shit. So maybe Jim opens the zoop? I feel like I Jim, think I feel like Jim would want to be really involved. Steve opens a zoop and Jim opens a competing soup soup plantation. 
Super- I hate that that's the name of a Yeah, that's franchise. a horrible name for a franchise. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it sucks, but it's a franchise. So we don't have them uh, in the West Coast, or on the East Coast, but they have them on the West Coast. Huh, interesting. Real strange. Well, so, I guess plantations have less of a horrifying image. Like, yeah, I mean, they're west? still, come on. Yeah, I mean, they're still part of America, right? So Ed is all we have left then. Uh, Ed's Breads. Nope. <laughs> it's a great name, but what do they serve? Sandwiches? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think like... like- I feel like he's like the all natural, like American. Maybe he just has a burger place or like. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, like if anyone were going to open up like a chain, I, I thought it would be Ed. Like he. Oh, a chain. Like for I see sure. him like a like. But he doesn't like, franchise. He starts. Right. The chain. I see him like regional manager at like an Applebee's. I, no, 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 no. Extra flair. He doesn't franchise. Ed is a businessman. What he does is he starts. Bare naked lunch. This is his chain. It's just a casual, it's it's an Applebee's. For all intents and purposes, it's an Applebee's. They got sandwiches, they got mm-hmm. pastas, none of it's very good. And he starts Bare Naked Lunch and they franchise, right? Mm-hmm. So do you think that's appropriate? Yeah, I guess. Okay, Bare Naked Lunch it is. <laughs> all right, so out of these, a Zoop franchise, <laughs> Bare Naked Lunch, Tyler's Pile of Grub, and Soup Plantation, and Kevin's Hurt Bird Factory. <laughs> Which would... Oh, I feel like Ed would do, like, a spaghetti warehouse. A spaghetti... Okay. Yeah, they, I, I think this Applebee's has spaghetti. Okay. Right? It's just... It's, like, the most generic food you can... It's a, it's a cheesecake factory. Except yeah. it's called Bare Good Lunch. Okay. And he franchises it out. Cheesecake factory has an insane menu. I know. They have everything. But that's yeah. what I think, like, they it's do the, everything uh, and do nothing well. What's that one you love? I jack, it's the jack-in-the-box of restaurants. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So, which do you think would be the most successful? I don't ever want to go to a restaurant that has like factory or warehouse in its name. And that's Kevin's Hurt Bird Factory? <laughs> or did we say Kevin's Hurt Bird food. food? We did. Okay. I think that would be the least successful because I feel like he's on like a side alley, like mm-hmm. in a dark, like. Or it could be like, it could be like the only one that gets like a Michelin star. Oh, And that's then it becomes true. like a, and then like half their proceeds go to like uh, stop animal cruelty or something. Yes. But does that mean it's successful? If only rich people eat there, does that mean it's successful? Or because like it's well, few people, but higher Right. So I would say margin. objectively, yes, because it's still in business. Any restaurant that's made, made like sure. is in the black and stays in business is successful. But any book. franchise is going to go out. So a Zoop and Soup Plantation are not going to do well. Um, <laughs> Tyler's Pilot Grub probably doesn't make a lot of money. They probably cater to college students and drunks. Yeah, I mean, right? they, could, they could cater to like the stoner crowd that you love so much. I do. So, I think Tyler's Pilot yeah. Grub, depending on the location, would do well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I truly think... I truly think that Kevin's Hurt Bird food might do the best. Yeah. Right? Michelin starred. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. We're in on that. Good, good. And which one would you want to go to the most? Definitely Tyler's Pile of Grub. Me too. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. love Grub. I love eating it. I love sitting yeah. in it. It's my favorite. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. Yeah. So Tyler's Pile I, I bet he serves, he serves beer there too, but in like oh, only, yeah. only in like those giant like steins, steins yeah, of beer. Yeah, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like... Do you want the 36 ounce or, uh, well, actually, that's all we got 36 ounces. <laughs> or you can buy a 12 pack, but you well, have to drink it all here. Yeah. You can, well, you, the only thing that you can control is the alcohol by volume. Right, yes. So yeah. what do you, we only serve 36 ounces, but you can decide what we put in it. That's perfect. I love that. Uh, yeah, okay, exactly. So who would do the best, Kev? Who do we want to eat the most, Tyler? Tyler, Tyler Pyle. I want to eat that the most. Mm. Uh, Daryl, thanks for the email. We love it. We do. Okay, so right now, uh, we're at the end of the episode. Hey, we, boy. D- <laughs> we did it. You can rate us on iTunes. You can. Get with us on Facebook. It's all about Not A Better Ladies podcast. You can also rate The Bare Naked Ladies on iTunes. You can. Uh, you can get with us on Twitter, at Pod. You can't rate us on Twitter, but send us a private message that has five stars. <laughs> that would be great. We will <laughs> print it out and hang it on the wall. Um, that's about it. Next week, dude, we start 
one week, we start stunt. And we have a great guest in store. I'm so excited. Stuntman Evil Knievel. Knievel. That's not true. Super Dave Osborne. <laughs> I don't know any other stuntmen. That's about it, I think. Uh, boy, got anything to plug this week? I, nothing can plug the void. What did C's Richard make me say? <laughs> I don't remember. It's oh. meaningless. No. Thank you so <laughs> Thank you so much to Emily Plunkett before we say goodbye in this episode. Uh, she recommended uh, Paul Myers and gave us the, the, the place to find him online. So thank you again, Emily. Oh, yeah. Keep on listening. I'm Saker. Hi, I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one wing. wing.